Coach Miniman, what's going on? It's the real Coach JB, star Netflix show, Last Chance You. You're listening to everybody's favorite coach. Coach Miniman on the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. All you high school coaches, players alike, listen in. Don't be slaps. Pay attention. Tune in to Coach Miniman's podcast. And, uh, hey, man, get some good content. The real Coach JB, Coach Miniman, peace. This podcast is produced on Anchor, where you can record, edit, and publish all from your smartphone. You can find the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and any other major podcast platforms. Welcome, everybody, and thank you again for listening to the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. Just a reminder, you can find your favorite coach, Coach Manaman, on Twitter, at Coach Manaman. You can also find us on Facebook. Simply search Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. Today, we are offering a little bit of a different episode for you today, and I think we're really in for a treat. I am joined by three prep superstars from the past and Coach Tyler Soigling from Phoenix, Arizona demanded that he sits in on this episode of the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. Before I introduce our college stars and our former prep superstars who did make they're all decade teams. If you haven't listened to those episodes yet, please go back and listen to them. Coach Soigling, would you like to address the thousands of listeners we have with that big, huge rip in before we uh, introduce our high school superstars? Yeah, no, just uh, I'm excited to do this one. Uh, I had I had Jacob and Sam uh, as players at senior, and so I uh, haven't talked to them in a while, and so it'll be good to. I uh, hear from him, and then Greg, uh, I also, um, you know, I don't know you very well, so I'm interested to uh, to hear about you and, and, and learn from you. Well, Coach Soigling, as always, you do uh, kill the anticipation. Thanks for giving away two of our oh, three guests. Right. I really appreciate it. <laughs> so, oh, when you put it up there, it'll have their names anyway. So with this <laughs> episode, we selected three preps that are highly respected and highly regarded from the area and all three of them do have different paths to the uh, college baseball realm. First person joining us today straight from that outstanding field at Dubuque Senior to the turfed field of the University of Iowa Division I baseball player, Sam Link. Sam, can you say hi to the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast audience? Yeah, hi, uh, thousands of listeners out there. Um, I would just like to thank uh, Coach Manaman and Coach Soigling for allowing me to come on and uh, 
talk. I have both of them were my former coaches, so uh, I'm excited to be on. Very cool. Thanks for taking this time to join us. We're also joined by Division I baseball player from Middle Tennessee State. You may have seen him on the mound for the Western Dubuque Bobcats, also playing shortstop. He actually beat a Hempstead team in the first round of sub-state I was coaching many, many years ago. He took the route of Iowa Western Community College to Division I at Middle Tennessee State. So we welcome Western Dubuque star Greg Bennett. Greg, would you like to address uh, our thousands of listeners here before we introduce our last guest? Oh, yeah, it's a pleasure. Uh, you two have me on and uh, just tell my route going from JUCO to uh, D1. Very cool. And then our last guest was on the mound from Dubuque Sr., left-handed, towering pitcher, and his route to the Dubuque Area Baseball podcast was senior to Ellsworth Community College and then for a show favorite, Coach Dan Spain at Clark University, and he took the community college route to the NAIA route. We welcome Jacob Kerman to the show. Jacob, would you like to uh, say hi to the audience here before we get going? Hope everyone's doing well during all these crazy times going on right now. Just want to say thanks to Coach Manaman and Coach Soy for having me on. I was lucky enough to have Coach Soy for uh, two years, both during freshman ball and sophomore ball. So I'm excited to be on this podcast. All right. We're happy to have all three of you guys. First question here that I have for you guys, when did you realize that you had an opportunity to play college baseball? And we'll start with Sam first. Um, I probably first realized um, I wanted to kind of pursue um, the college route, college baseball route. Um, the first couple of showcases I attended, um, I think they're around my sophomore year because my freshman year I actually broke my arm uh, playing for Coach Soy, and um, yeah, uh, yeah. So, it's all my fault. Yeah, it's Coach Soy's fault. So uh, probably I would have to say the first couple of showcases, um, just because uh, you, you see all those those college um, coaches there, and it's it's just a super cool uh, experience. And uh, back in my sophomore, freshman, uh, early high school years. I wasn't sure if I wanted to continue um, baseball or, or basketball. So I would have to say um, the showcases were definitely an experience for me. Very cool. I think you made the right choice in choosing baseball over basketball. Greg, same question to you. When did you realize you had an opportunity to play college baseball? Uh, kind of starting, it was kind of towards the end of my eighth grade year when I was playing travel ball for uh, – Actually, Terry Rosencrans out of uh, BLA. Kurt Kerman knows. Yeah, yep. Kerman knows. But, uh, yeah, kind of end of eighth grade year and then going into uh, freshman year, going to my first showcase. That's when I first uh, got acclimated with Iowa Western, actually. Their uh, recruiting coordinator, who actually ended up dying my junior year, he was recruiting me and then the recruiting coordinator there. Uh, started talking to me. So, yeah, more uh, end of eighth grade year, beginning of freshman year, just getting uh, into those showcases and then getting talking with coaches more uh, sophomore year. Very cool. Jacob, Kerman, same question to you. When did you realize you had an opportunity to play college baseball? I think in the back of my mind, I've always, since I was a little kid, I always had that dream to play college baseball. But not a lot of people know this, but 
around my freshman, sophomore year, the person I actually credit to it is actually on this podcast and Coach Soigling. Um, having him actually as a coach my freshman, sophomore year, like, and just watching what he was able to do at the college level, like, really showed me that basically if I put my mind to it, I could do it. And now that I look back on it, I'm just really thankful that I was able to actually be on his teams and kind of model kind of what he did. Very cool. And Coach Soigling speaks very highly of uh, Sam Link and Jacob Kerman. A lot of these interviews I've been flying solo, and uh, he made a special request. He wanted to sit in on this. Now, you three, I'm not going to uh, baloney sandwich the listening audience here, but you three are elite players from the area. You guys were top players from your programs, top players from the area here. What preparations did you guys do in high school to get you to that elite player status? And we'll just continue to go with Sam, Greg, and Jacob on those. Uh, yeah, uh, I, would, I would definitely just say um, a lot of hard work. Uh, as cliche as that sounds, um, I truly believe that it comes from within you and um, no one else is going to force you to work hard. It, it comes from within and you have to um, just settle in on your goals and what, what you really want to do and kind of just remember that your why and why you're doing what you do. Um, so I think that was a big thing for me is just always finding motivation and, and achieving my goals. And um, a lot of credit goes out to all the trainers and coaches that I have out there that have helped me get to where I am right now. Um, there's way too many to list, so I don't want to give any shout outs and leave anyone left behind, but um, credit to all my coaches and trainers that have helped me get to where I am. They've all had a big impact on it. Sam, I'm going to, I'm going to take credit here because I love to toot my own horn, but I always, I always share this story when I, when I have you in uh, seventh grade basketball, you were the best kid on the court and the hardest working kid on the court. And, and you don't, you don't see that very often. Greg, what preparations did you make in high school that got you to your elite player status? Oh, yeah. Kind of just to piggyback off Sam, uh, just getting into the weight room, doing everything other people didn't want to do. That was kind of a big thing for me, just doing a, just getting 1% better every day. Um, and then I, I always saw it as there's somebody out there that is tra- that's going for the same scholarship, same position you're going for, and just do, and do everything they're not doing. So that was kind of that was a big thing for me. Uh, hitting seven days seven days a week that was my that was my big thing. Hitting seven days a week, lifting five days a week, just getting better every single day, getting stronger, getting all the getting all the mechanics and getting all the technique done. And Greg, joining the Western Dubuque program when you were there, I, I, Coach Bryant would always tell me that you were the hardest working kid in the program. And when you committed to go the community college route, he told me that your ultimate goal was to play Division One baseball in a Power Five conference. And I asked Coach Bryant if he saw you doing that. He said, yeah, I have no doubt in my mind he will do that. One of the hardest working kids I've ever encountered. Now, Jacob Kerman, same thing to you. What preparations did you make in high school to get you to that elite status? I remember when I was coaching at Hempstead, you shutting us down on, on multiple occasions. So what did you do in high school to to put you at that level? Going off what those two said, I think hard work is your number one key. But I think the thing I've kind of realized over the years is I've been really blessed to be surrounded by not only very good people, but a lot of people. 
Um, I've worked with pretty much everyone in the area, but I think the biggest thing for me that really took it to the next level was Michael Zwiefel or Zwief as we call him over at BBA. By far, um, he was able to transform me from a kid that was known as a little, little overweight at the time and couldn't move the body the way he wanted to. And once I was able to address issues with him, it was just, it was a game changer for me. So I will, I will make one plug out there for any high school, any athletes at all. If you're looking to get bigger, faster, stronger, Michael Zwiefel is one of the best in the business over at BBA. Do you think he does that for middle-aged men that have a receding hairline and a bald spot on the top of their head? Do you think he would make <laughs> yes. exceptions for those people? Yes, too? He, yes, he does. His adult ninjas group, uh, there's, there's some people in there that they could probably put up more weight than I can, so... All right, Coach Zawifo, we, we uh, want to have you as a guest here. I'm going to reach out to you here shortly. Now, there are going to be high school kids that listen to this, and there are kids that are in a similar situation that you guys were in years ago. What is the recruiting process like? Uh, Sam, we'll start with you and continue to Greg and then Jacob. So what, what's the recruiting process like when kids are starting to get a look? Yeah, uh, I mean, the recruiting process is a, a long journey, and um, it can be very stressful at times, but you just have to remember that you're going you're gonna to only experience something like this once in your life, um, and I was, I was blessed to have, you know, my parents and the surrounding cast that uh, gave me opportunities and advice whenever I needed it, um, but just, just really trust your heart and what you want to do and uh, reach out to as many people as you can and learn from other people. And, uh, it's, it's, it, like I said, it's stressful, but it's, it's something you'll never be able to experience again. So I, I, I liked it a lot. Greg, same question. What was the recruiting process like for you? And you actually did it twice, uh, the community college route. And then during that time, other teams were recruiting you to join their pro- program as well. Walk us through what it is, uh, when you're making that JUCO transfer. Uh, so yeah, going at JUCO, especially at Iowa Western, our coach likes, he likes just, uh, team building. So, I mean, uh, it was more sophomore, it was more sophomore oriented, uh, like just sophomores leaving. He liked having guys there for two years. So freshman year is just kind of getting to know the coaches a little bit. And then sophomore year is when it would really hit. And it wasn't, I mean, it was the kind it was kind of the same as high school. But it was a lot easier just because being at a program like Iowa Western, so well known, just a lot of cha- lot of championships and wins there. So I mean, it was a lot easier. It was a lot easier uh, through the JUCO route, just because teams knew exactly what they were going to get from you. Hardworking kid, leadership, and just a great person. So I mean, yeah, JUCO was a lot easier than high school. It wasn't as stressful, just because there was coaches there every single weekend watching you and there was at least one coach a weekend that wanted you to come play for him. So that was the, that was easy. Very cool. And Jacob Kerman, same question, recruiting process. What was it like? And you did the community college route and then decided on NAIA. So help us out with your decision there and, and what that process was like. See, my my recruiting process probably was a little different than those two, um, just because actually out of high school, I had only about two offers. I uh, I signed I signed after I received my first offer because I was kind of in the stage of what do I do, and that's when I decided the JUCO route. 
And I think the thing that I want to tell people is just because you're not getting calls, just because you're not getting looks doesn't mean that people aren't watching you. I mean, because that was the thing that I was always asking myself because after my junior year of high school, I really didn't have any calls from schools. And so I decided to go the junior college route. And at first I thought it was a great fit. But after three months at the JUCO route, I found out it wasn't a good fit for me. And so with that, I had to make some decisions. And I ended up calling Coach Spain at Clark. And four years later, it was the greatest decision I've ever made. So the one thing I will tell people is just because you may not think you're getting the offers you want or deserve doesn't mean they can't happen down the road. And just I'm stick gonna, to it and it'll come. And I'm going to tell you guys listening here, Jacob Perman is no schlub. He is the... 300 strikeout man for Clark University, currently the program's all-time strikeout leader. And this was a guy that only had two teams looking at him. Holy cow, there are a lot of coaches right now thinking they uh, dropped the ball on that there. Now, just a a follow-up question for you guys. What teams were looking at you? We know Sam is at the University of Iowa, Greg, Iowa Western to Middle Tennessee State, Jacob, I believe it was Ellsworth Community College to Clark, right? So, Sam, what what, yep. what uh, all schools were looking at you? Uh, I visited uh, the only three. I only visited three schools. I visited Southeast Missouri State, uh, South Dakota State, uh, and Iowa, and then a few JUCO schools uh, also reached out. Um, but once Iowa kind of gave me the opportunity to, to join the team, it was just something I couldn't pass up. And why did you decide to pick Iowa? Uh, honestly, for me, it was kind of always just a dream to play at, at my home state. Um, and a big part of my decision was staying close to home and to watch my little brother uh, kind of play out his last two years at senior and just being close to him. Very cool. Now, mm-hmm. Greg, what schools were looking at you out of high school from Western Dubuque? And then when you were transferring out of your JUCO, what schools were also interested in you? So, uh, so out of high, out of high school, it was, I visited, uh, a couple JUCOs. I visited Iowa Western and I visited NIAC. And then I actually committed to Iowa Western at, in the October. And then I was down in Jupiter, I was down in Jupiter, Florida, my senior year. And then, so right after I signed, about a week later, uh, there was a couple D1 schools that were looking at me. So right out of high school, like Miami, Ohio, and Illinois State. And I felt like I could go better out of Iowa Western. So then sophomore year when I was at Iowa Western, uh, Middle Tennessee State, Illinois State again, uh, Purdue, uh, Nebraska, Omaha, and then uh, Abilene Christian. And what made you decide on Middle Tennessee State of all those schools? Uh, just the, they brought in a whole new staff, which had a lot of experience. Actually, uh, Jim Toman was at South Carolina for about thirty years. He was he was with them when they made it to the College World Series and won it actually in two thousand ten and two thousand eleven. And uh, just the amount of JUCO guys they brought in, so guys that were ready to play right away, guys that I would get along with, have a lot in common with. So that was kind of, that was the main reason. 
Nice. Now, Iowa Western, one of my favorite TV shows is uh, called Last Chance You, and we know that Jason Brown made quite an appearance there the uh, two times he was there. Were you at any of those games when Netflix was recording that show? I, wa- I was at that game, yes. You were. I was, actually, I, was, I was actually working that game, yeah. Were you? Now, were you at the game where, where he got ejected or the game where he got them all riled up and, and they ended up losing by like 70 points? It was the game he got ejected. Nice. Any uh, any inside <laughs> I information? Say, I can't say the things he said, but they were very. There was a lot of profanity going on out of his mouth. Yeah. Thank you for keeping it a PG show. I, I appreciate it. If you are eighteen years of age or older, I suggest you check out Lance Last Chance You on Netflix. Great show. So Jacob, you said that you only had two schools looking at you. After you had prepped at senior, what two schools were were they? So uh, I only went on two visits, and that was to Ellsworth, where I later ended up committing, and then Loris College. And that was uh, actually our the recruiting coordinator at the time was uh, Coach Nathan Rowling. Okay. Who's now at Simpson and Carl Tebon. So I was lucky enough to go on two visits there. And then that was my junior year, and with that I was – I'll be honest, I was that high schooler that was everyone was committing. So I was like, oh, I got to commit. I got to commit. So I ended up committing to the junior college and we were we we're going through our fall and we were at our conference showcase. And I was lucky enough to walk through those gates and see uh, Dan Spain and Andrew Redman was able to talk to them. I threw pretty well against uh, again in front of them. And three months down the road, I was at Clark. Nice, and you had already touched upon this a little bit, but what was it about Clark that made you reach out and make that phone call to Coach Dan Spain? Um, for me, they were coming right off their first uh, national tournament appearance, and just all the things that I I had learned and heard about Andrew Redman, I just I wanted to go and find out about. And then the moment I stepped on campus, I was able to work with him and. I owe him a ton of credit for where I am today. If it wasn't for him and Coach Spain, everything they've done, I, I wouldn't be where I am. Great guy, very knowledgeable. And I also want to say he is a pretty good co-host on the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. <laughs> he is, too, Andrew he is not bad. Now, guys, I do want to talk to you about this because I, I see a lot of this and a lot of parents – pose questions about this and some people were wondering if some of these things are money grabs or if they're actual a a good way to get recognized so i'm going to name off some things here we have high school games showcases field level and that's something that the high school coach does spring baseball or a local academy in the area. In your opinion, what was the best way that you got discovered and schools were looking at you and contacting you? And we'll start with Sam Link. Uh, For me personally, uh, first off, I think it really depends on each individual athlete. Um, uh, But for me, it was definitely playing for perfect game and traveling in the fall and spring, Um, just because you get so much exposure uh, I know the two biggest trips that uh, helped me the most were my trips to Florida and Jupiter and Fort Myers. Um, there's just a crazy amount of scouts there. And the biggest thing with recruiting um, is when you're in front of people like that, it, it really only takes one game and one one weekend to really get noticed. Um, 
So just always working hard. And another cool thing is, uh, for example, in the spring for uh, Perfect Game Spring League, uh, we'd play uh, Jared uh, Kalanick, who's now with the Mariners, I believe. But he was a, a top 10 uh, draft pick. And uh, we'd play the hitters, his team, every weekend out of Wisconsin. And um, there was probably 20 MLB scouts there every weekend. So it was just a super cool experience. But uh, honestly, I really think it just depends uh, on each athlete. But for me, it was uh, going and playing games for the game. Very cool. Uh, Greg Bennett from Western Dubuque. High school games, showcases, spring baseball, academy in the areas. What What do you think, in your opinion, was the way that you got discovered or, or the best way to go about getting discovered? Uh, for me, it was uh, showcases because I ran – uh, with uh, running track in the spring, it was kind of hard getting to play spring, getting to those spring baseball leagues, like Sam was saying, with a uh, perfect game. So for me, it was just showcases with uh, PBR and perfect game, being able to do those in the winter and then also in the fall. Those were really helpful, just getting my name out there, getting some numbers out there, uh, getting those live ABs against, good, against really good arms. So, yeah, uh, showcases for me. Very cool. Thanks, Greg. Jacob, high school games, showcases, spring baseball, academies in the area. Again, you went on a different route and you kind of went unrecognized, but what what do you think is is the best or the way that you got discovered? See, yeah, that's that's one thing for me is I I've, I've never done any of the perfect game showcases, none of the leagues. I've never done any I never did anything like that. So, I can't speak of and maybe that's one of the reasons why I kind of went unnoticed when I was in high school, but the one thing I think that really was able to set me apart was I not only was able to work with one person in the area, but I've worked with pretty much every single baseball person I've come to know. I've worked with uh, Mike Edmonds. I've worked with Eric Munson. I've worked with Dusty Rogers. I've worked with Terry Rosencrantz. I think the biggest thing I was able to do was work with all those guys and take bits and pieces from each of them to make kind of my own tailored plan. So I think that was the thing, was just basically taking the knowledge from everyone and bringing it into one. Nice. Now, I do want to preface this before I get to this next next question. If no way is this a negative comment toward any of the coaches if if they didn't do that, because we know that coaches with families and wives and jobs, it's it's a big job to take on. But did... Any of your high school coaches help you with the recruiting process? I know when I was at Hempstead and I was on the varsity staff, their coach Rapp actually had me in charge of a a website that's called Field Level, where we would upload photos and videos and stats and and bios. And um, I would do those things and then he would ship them off to colleges in the area Uh, actually all over and then colleges had an opportunity to contact him or contact the players so Sam you actually were at senior when you had two head coaches so did coach uh, Felderman or coach Andrew Reese help you in the recruiting process at all yeah and like you said I had two coaches so it was kind of tough my uh my freshman year I was completely out with my broken arm like I mentioned um, so my freshman and sophomore year, uh, Coach Felderman was the varsity coach, and then my junior and senior year, uh, it was Coach Reese. Um, and by the time Reese was came at head coach, I kind of had already had my options laid out in front of me, um, and I kind of had already been set on Iowa at the time he got there. 
but one thing I can say about Reese is kind of when I was already committed, um, he he handled my injury very well. I pulled my hamstring my senior year, and it was a big thing for me to uh, be 100% healthy by the time I got to Iowa. So uh, he helped me with just kind of just advice and just understanding everything that I was going through. Um, and my sophomore year, uh, Coach Felderman uh, nominated me to go to the Junior Showcase, which is a showcase that's held for um, Iowa baseball athletes. So uh, both both helped me just in different ways. Very cool. And I just did my program interview with Coach Reese a couple days ago. Be on the lookout for that listener's great interview. And he spoke very highly about you, Sam, and actually shared some uh, funny stories about that injury and how one time he asked you just to step up to the plate hit a gap and walk to first base, but they didn't end up having to do that because I believe the person, the people before you came through and, and got in that, yeah, that uh, yeah. winning run or, or go ahead run. Greg Bennett from middle Tennessee state. I already know the answer to this question just because I know what Casey Bryant does for his players on and off the field. I'm sure he had a hand in your recruiting. I'm sure he still has has a hand in in what's what's going on there with you. But you want to share? Did uh, Casey Bryant at all? Did he help you um, with the recruiting process? Oh yeah, one hundred percent. When I st- like my first game freshman year, he was up. Like even from freshman year all the way up until I committed, he helped out one hundred percent. We had I had him as a contact for coaches to call him just to get information on me especially with grades because he was our guidance counselor so i mean he helped out a lot with just getting my name out there uh putting in good word with coaches and all that stuff jacob did uh coach felderman help you with the recruiting process at all while you were at senior and looking to catch on with somebody yeah coach coach felderman he he did did as much as he could to help me and uh any contacts that he got he was pretty good about forwarding it on to me very cool. Now, we shared about their experiences. We shared about their backgrounds. Now we're going to talk about the differences in the game. I know that coaching freshmen, sophomore, and varsity high school baseball, just the major jump that each level has. So, guys, talk to us about the difference in the game. So, Sam... How is Iowa and playing Division One baseball different from playing at senior? Um, it's a lot different uh, in just about uh, every aspect. But um, the biggest thing for me and just anyone who comes out of Iowa, because um, in the summer, uh, the high school baseball is in the summer for Iowa, all you have to really worry about is baseball in the summer. And as soon as I got to Iowa in August, uh, I had to worry about school and then practice for four hours every day in the fall. And so it's just a lot of responsibility right away, and it hit me right away, and it, it took a lot of adjusting. Um, uh, like I mentioned, practice. Practice was just a lot longer. Another thing that I'd like to mention is just the pace of the game is so much faster. Um, you just have to be locked in at all times. But uh, at the end of the day, it's baseball, and you just got to go out and play. And those were some of my follow-up questions that my silent co-host Tyler Soibling and I were uh, were going to talk about. What, what's the difference in practice? I know at high school it was pretty standard 
two-hour practice. What? How long are your practices in college? How 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 are they different from high school? I know high school it was always me, and I had either one assistant or two assistants. How many are on a staff uh, at the University of Iowa? Uh, we have uh, obviously uh, Coach Heller is the head coach. Uh, Marty Sutherland is the assistant coach. Um, we have a couple coaches that work in player development and baseball operations, and then we have a hitting coach, uh, Coach Franco's, and then a pitching coach, uh, Coach Robin Lund. And they're all there uh, every single day at practice. And um, one thing at, at Iowa that is super cool is the managers there. Um, they do so much, and they're just so smart with the analytics side, and uh, that's what Iowa's big on is analytics and stuff like that. Um, so you'll see everything set up. Uh, for practice, um, and then, uh, like, for games, um, BP, uh, f- at senior, we'd get there, you know, a, a couple hours earlier and, and just hitting the cages and stuff, um, you know, and at Iowa, you'd get there four hours before the game, take BP in field, uh, wait around and watch the other teams do the same, so it's it's just a lot different, but... Now, what are road trips like? Do you get on the yellow school bus and mom and dad, they all pitch in and get you a Subway sandwich and some blimpy, blimpy uh, subs? What, what, what's, it, what's a road trip like for a Division One baseball player? Yellow school yeah. buses or what? Yeah, and obviously at senior, you know, we were taking buses like that. Um, and at, at Iowa, our, our season got canceled short, and so most of our trips were on the road. Um, we went to Florida twice, uh, California twice. We didn't get to make it to California the second time. Um, but all of those trips we flew. So must be um, nice. It was, yeah, it must really, be real nice. <laughs> it was a, I, yeah, I'm very blessed. It was, it was a very cool experience. Um, and so obviously that's just a lot different than, than riding a bus to games that are an hour away. Nice. How much do you get a day for a meal allowance when you have to fly away to California for um, a game? They give, I mean, they give us money for the weekend. Um, they give us probably like a hundred and fifty for the weekend to use. So that's really cool. Very cool. That's a lot of uh, what is it? Ten cent wings from Buffalo Wild Wings. You yeah. can get on one hundred and fifty dollars <laughs> there. Yeah. Now, Greg, same type of questions, but we're going to tailor it a little bit uh, differently here. How is community college different from Division One, as in your practice and your BP, your games, and, and your road trips? How, how are those different? So uh, JUCO for me was probably a lot different than uh, some other people. Just having a, a coach like Mark Reardon who know, who's been around, he's won a lot of games, he's nationally, nationally known, already in the Hall of Fame. Uh, he prepped us really, really well for the next level, the practices we did, uh, the way we lifted, the way we just carried ourselves as players and people really helped us out to get to the next level. And then, uh, going, honestly, going from Iowa Western to middle Tennessee state was easy. The transition was easy. It made the practices at the division one level seem like a piece of cake, honestly. How how long would your practices be? Are you guys doing three to five hour practices, or uh, on the field for two hours, BP for two hours? What's that structured like at the college uh, level? So at Iowa Western, it was a lot of time management stuff. Like we wouldn't we wouldn't just go there, take ground balls, take BP, 
uh, actually throughout the week. So on Mon- so Tuesday, Thursdays, we'd have two a days. We'd go, we'd lift, in, we'd lift in the AM and then go take BP, take ground balls and stuff, and then come back out, do – we did a lot of game-like situational stuff at practice that would take about two to two and a half hours. And then the rest of the week would be regular three-hour, three-and-a-half-hour practices. And then uh, at Middle Tennessee State, they were about they're about two and a half, three hours. We'll do just the normal like bunt defense, all that stuff, like PFPs, and then take BP, and then uh, we'll go lift. And which I mean, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh yeah, with having like at JUCO, you don't have time restrict, you don't have time restrictions, so you can do whatever you want as long as you want. With at D1, you only get so many hours throughout the week, especially in the fall. But then once you get in spring. You got as much time to do whatever you want, and that you got you got your midweek games, which can't, which I mean, yeah, and then you got practice with to work around that. So I mean, it's kind of different in the fall and spring, but it's same thing. And what? How how did your road trips vary from community college to Division One Middle Tennessee State um, buses? Were you guys flying? How how was that being handled there? Uh. At uh, JUCO, it was all busing. I mean, the farthest trip we went was actually when we went out to the World Series in uh, Grand Junction. It was a 17-hour bus ride. And then uh, at Middle Tennessee State, we uh, we fly whenever it's longer than six hours. So we drove – with being in Tennessee, we drove down – we drove to uh, UNC and Tulane, and then we flew to uh, Coastal Carolina. Very cool. Jacob, how was community college different from Clark and the NAIA level? Um, I guess I didn't really I didn't really get the full taste of uh, community college that some that Greg obviously did with only being there for the fall. But I think the one thing that I can say going from the high school level to the NAIA level is just the amount the game speeds up on you. Um, just being being able to slow the game down is really big, I feel like. And I think another thing, too, is uh, at the NAIA level, for example, uh, our road trips consist of being on a charter bus for 12 to 14 hours. So it's it's an experience, I'll tell you that. Like this year, for example, we went all the way down to LSU Shreveport. So that's a 16-and-a-half-hour drive. And, yes, you may say, oh, that bus ride sucks, but – you will never have an experience like being on a bus with your teammates for 16 and a half hours. The memories that you have to share is just something that I'll never be able to take away from that. Yeah. And Sam and, and Greg and Jacob, just to, just to follow up on the difference of the game, we talked a little bit about leading up to the game, but Sam touched upon it a little bit, but what do you think is the biggest difference in the game um, from high school to college? Uh, yeah, I mean, Jacob kind of touched on this uh, at the end, but just the the pace of the game. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, it's baseball, and you're going to have to go out and do what you do. But um, obviously the games are longer than high school. Um, it speeds up on you, but like Jacob said, it's, it's huge to just um, – everyone's going to lose their focus and get out of group, but to be able to realize once you're losing focus and kind of step back in and regain uh, your focus um, I think is a huge thing. 
Yeah. Greg, anything to add? These guys have talked about the pace of the game and the speed of the game. Any any glowing difference that you see from the college game compared uh, just to the to touch high on what, game? Just touch on what Sam said, like the beep, uh, BP being about an hour, hour and a half, so just the length of the day that you're uh, there. You go take BP for about two hours, wait for the other team to take BP, eat lunch, and then you got three to – Three and a half hour possible game, so I mean, yeah, just the le- just the length and how long you're there compared to high school double headers is a big difference. And I mean, yeah, the double headers you're playing 14 innings, but then throughout a nine inning game, just the pace of play, the speed of the game, just all that stuff getting caught up in that is kind of tough. But yeah, you got to keep your focus. Uh, just find a way to slowing slowing finding a way to slow the game down is a big thing when it comes to college baseball. Nice. Now, guys, this is a selfish question that that I have here, and I want to start off by saying that uh, I really am truly sorry about what happened to you gentlemen and your journey and your college season being cut short, but I did see that the NCAA is going to grant everybody a year of eligibility, pretty much just wiping out this year as pretending that it never happened, so... Sam Link from Senior, what what are your plans? Are you going to take that extra year of eligibility? Uh, yeah, I think that'll be a decision for me down the road, especially since I'm just a freshman right now. Um, I'm going to kind of have to see how these next few years uh, play out, but it's definitely something that I think I can use to my advantage. Um, but yeah, I, I'm honestly not sure. Yeah, and Coach Reese was the other day when I was speaking to him, very well spoken man. I enjoyed my conversation with him. He said that you were just getting rolling. You were just starting to hit hit the baseball and just find it, just tr- starting to find your stride. Now, how was Iowa using you? Because I had shared in a previous Dubuque area baseball podcast on how I thought or what I thought they might use you as and how you could play every position on the field except for maybe catcher. But how was, how was Iowa using you this year? I did see you made your first, you made your first start at DH. Yeah. uh, For me in practice, I was actually getting all my time at second base. Um, And I think a big thing is just uh, if you're hitting the ball, they're going to try to do the best they can to get you in the lineup. And um, I've had a few talks with them um, trying to get me into the outfield and just different positions. But uh, in practice and stuff, I got all my reps at second base. Now, Jacob and Sam, I don't know if you guys know this, but you guys also hold the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast record. Do you guys have any idea off the top of your head what that might be? I do not. Sam? I have no idea. You guys have been mentioned so far in every single episode of the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast that, that we've done. So that's that's quite an honor here coming yeah, coming wow, from the host yeah. here. I appreciate that. Hey, you're welcome. Greg, hey, say hey, Nick, do you mind if I mind if I get something in here? You I mean you're not letting me really talk very much. So. All you gotta do is talk over me. I, all, all you gotta do, to do all you gotta do is raise your hand and I'll chime in. You can fight this is this is a 50-50 interview here, pal. You can chime oh, in right, whatever right. you want here. You're you're my assistant coach. I set the lineup, right. 
and and I call the defensive things. You do everything with pitching, okay? All right. All right. So, oh, I'm only pitching. Well, the thing. The no, thing hold on. Hold on here. Time. One second. I'm going to cut you off here because uh, I'm going <laughs> to I'm I'm going to ask the same questions to Greg and Jacob, and then you can come. All right. Up. All right. All right. All right. For goodness' sakes, yep. here. Knew it was a bad idea having you on this episode. <laughs> I'll just leave. You owe me out here. I'll just leave. No, that's all right. Let let me ask the same eligibility questions to Greg right. Bennett of Middle Tennessee State, Jacob Kerman, all time Clark University strikeouts leader, and then and then we'll get to you. So, Greg, what are your plans with your eligibility, and how was Middle Tennessee State using you? I saw they had you in left field this year. Uh, I'm definitely going to use that extra eligibility. Uh, going, I mean. It's different with Sam because he's got he's he's only a freshman right now, and with me being a junior, getting that extra year eligibility, being able to play two more years, and then getting the opportunity to get drafted, which that kind of that kind of hurt this year with uh, especially a lot of guys on our team that had the potential of going dra- getting drafted, and then with all the guys coming in, so yeah, I'm definitely going to use that uh, extra year eligibility. Nice. Now, Jacob, with you, Jacob Kerman from Senior, this is, sure, a difficult decision because you are a senior. You have an opportunity after this year to go out and make some coin. What are you you going to do? What what are your thoughts? And maybe you haven't even decided yet. Do you come back for that second senior season and take pickleball and ballroom dancing and underwater basket weaving? Uh, What are are your plans for, for next year? Um, I think the times that we're dealing with right now is something we've never dealt with. And with that, it, it makes me have to ask a lot of questions. And, and that's, I feel like that's the toughest thing I've kind of been going through right now is I have some people that are saying some things and I have others that are saying others. And, but I think what I got to go, what's in my heart. And I know that and I'm coming back for another year. The reason I say that is because this year was supposed to be my one draft year, my chance to make it big and, I just don't want I don't want to go sit sit at a job and 10 years down the road ask myself what what could have been. And so yeah. I think that this is my this is my one shot to hopefully hear my name in next year's draft and go from there. I remember that. I remember being friends with uh, Riley McCarron's family and he he went through the same situation with football where he went to Iowa's pro day and ran well and got picked up as a free agent and, and got to play a couple of years on the practice squad for the Patriots and the Texans. And his attitude was, I have a job. I can always work. But when am I ever going to have an opportunity to do anything like this? I'm going to make a mound visit here. Coach Soigling, you're going to hear that term in tomorrow's episode. I'm going to be making a lot of mound oh, visits wait. during the all-area, oh, all-decade team episode. <laughs> Any questions that you have for these guys? Yeah, um, I guess we've been talking about kind of the process of getting to uh, your colleges and stuff, but I kind of want to um, know, you know, um, how difficult is it to not only be to have gotten on these teams, these programs that you're playing for, but how difficult has it been for you guys to earn the playing time? Because I know when I was a college player, it was a lot different. Like you can say you're on the team. That's one thing, but it's a whole nother thing to actually get your name on that lineup and to get your name um, posted every day um, to be, to be playing in that lineup. And so how difficult is it compared to high school for you guys to, to make these rosters and, and to be able to um, play in these games? Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously it's a lot different, um, at high school, 
uh, you're kind of, I mean, the guy there. And then once you get to college, uh, everyone's um, fighting for the same spot. So as hard as it is, uh, what I've just been trying to do is just not worry about any of that and just focus on myself um, and just work as hard as I possibly can. And I think things will play out um, as they should. Um, so that's what I've been doing is just working as hard as I can every single day. And, and uh, fortunately this year I did get my opportunity and I think that's the biggest thing is it's such a rewarding feeling um, when you work so hard for something and it finally pays off. So just always work hard and just not try to not to worry about things like that. Yeah. Kind of just to piggyback off Sam, just getting that, uh, whenever you get your name called, make the most of that opportunity. And uh, like he said as well, you're competing against your other teammates with who should be some of your best friends at school. And uh yeah, you guys, you're friends at that at that time, but you're still competing and uh, putting in that extra work too. With uh, just not not during practice, not before practice, but even after practice, and just uh, off days. Because I know Iowa and Clark, they got great indoor facilities. And Middle Tennessee State has the same thing. And we just gotta just use a key card, get in there, and hit whenever you want. So that was kind of that's a big thing for me. Just uh, getting that extra work in when other people are sitting at home doing nothing. So, uh, yeah, just a lot of extra work. Uh, do the most with your opportunities. Kind of going off Greg's, Greg's point, I think the thing that people really have to kind of realize is you're going into a situation where everyone is was a three or four hitter. Everyone was the ace pitcher. Everyone was the dude. And now you're going, you're going into a situation where instead of 20 kids on a high school team, you're having anywhere from 35, even up to 55 kids at the junior college route. And so it comes down to a point where, like, I really liked what Sam had to say. It's about taking the opportunities that you're getting and making the most of them. And even though you might not be getting that opportunity right away, just sticking with the process and waiting for that opportunity to come so then you can go seize it and you can get that starting job. Jacob, yeah, I remember – I remember when I was playing, um, you know, one of the best relationships I had was I was our number one, but one of my best friends was our number two. And kind of like what you're saying, Greg, and kind of like what all of you are saying is, you know, I had to focus on me at the same, at, at, like Sam was saying, but at the same time, I knew I had a guy, even though he was my friend, he wanted my job. And so he was going to do anything that he could to take my job. And I had to do everything I could do to not lose that job. And that was one of the best relationships I ever had playing the game just because I always knew that it was kind of something my dad always told me is there's always someone working harder than you. And so I kind of portrayed that into my team. Um, and so I, I was just curious on, on how you guys uh, have adapted to that, that kind of change in, in college compared to high school. I like what Jacob and Sam said, how they were the guys. Cause when you get to college, everybody was the guy. Yeah. Coach, Coach Soitling, anything else uh, you want to add? You did uh, talk to me about a great question that you would like to add in, but anything you'd like to talk about before we move on? Um, I don't know what question it was because I, I, I told you a few of them that I wanted, but um, I know for me, when I, was, when I went to college, um, the, I was kind of like Jacob. The first offer I got, I took, and that's when I, I went to Ellsworth. Um, I ended up not really enjoying it very much there. And then I realized that what I didn't do was I didn't really feel out the coach and I didn't feel out um, what it was that I wanted 
in, in a coaching staff and what I was looking for um, as a player. And that's why I ended up at Bemidji State is I had toured 10 different schools and I didn't like any of them until I finally found Bemidji. Um, you know, what kind of coach uh, brings out the best in you guys? That's what I want to know. Like, what what is something that you're looking for in a coach that's going to get the most out of out of yourself? Great question. That is a great question. Uh, I would just say one thing that I was looking for and kind of when I went on my visit to Iowa is just, um, you know, how just like they treat me, they treat you like one of their own kids, uh, just like family. Um, they're going to push you to be the hardest. Uh, they're going to push you as hard as they can, but they're going to be there for you when you succeed. And, you know, when you're not doing things right, they're going to get on your ass at the same time. Uh, excuse my language. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, when you're not doing what you're supposed to, they're going to get on your ass to make sure you're doing what you're supposed to. And so, yeah. I mean, that's what I would just have to say. <laughs> Greg, how about you? Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I had two two different coaching uh, types. Actually, when I was at Iowa Western uh, with Mark Reardon, he was uh, get to work, excuse my language here, hard ass. Uh it was get the, it was get the best out of you all the time, push you to be the best. Not just he was more about being the best person than being the best baseball player. He was getting all of your personality traits out of you on the field just to see what you would be like. And then when I got over to Middle Tennessee State, uh, they were it was we're like we're all like their own we're all like their own kids over at at uh, Middle Tennessee State they treat us with just so much respect and then once we, once game time comes it's it's the same thing but still getting on you it's the same way in practice too they're always there they 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 said their doors are always open when we want to get in an extra work or even just talk about literally anything so that's kind of it was the same thing at Iowa Western too but it's, that's the best thing for me Jacob Kerman, how about you? Yeah, kind of. I was, as Tyler was just saying, going, I was uh, in the same boat, meaning that uh, I took the first offer I got and I, I wasn't able to fill out that first coaching staff that I got. And I ended up not liking it after a couple of months. But I think the thing that I was able to do was my second go around, I ended up making the best decision. And that was getting with the coaching staff with Dan Spain. Um, I think the moment he brought me in, he introduced me to a family and going off of what Greg said and what coach Reardon did, uh, I Spain did the same thing with us. Uh, the biggest thing I have to credit to him is not that he made me a better ball player, but most of all coach Spain made me a better man. And without him today, I'm not the baseball player or the man I am today. Yeah. Coach Spain Mm -hmm. on Twitter always tweets, with a hashtag winners win and we have talked about that on previous episodes that you notice his players they're not only winning on the field but they're winning in the classroom and they're winning in the community and after they graduate they're they're winning in the business circle as well yeah coach coach Spain has kind of put it in our mentality uh this the winners win and it's kind of given our team this this model we go by that no matter what the situation is in the game and not only that but what the situation in his life is winners are gonna we're a winner so that means we're gonna end up winning awesome coach Sogling yeah. go ahead and follow up with uh, your questions here that you'd like to ask Sam Lane yeah. the University of Iowa Greg Bennett Middle Tennessee State and Jacob Kerman Clark University 
Yeah, so I'm kind of jumping around here a little bit, but, um, you know, with, we've talked about kind of this whole quarantine stuff and, and how you guys lost your seasons, and it sucks. Like, I don't even know what to tell my high school players. I can't even imagine, you know, knowing what to, t- to tell you guys. Um, but, you know, what are you guys doing to try to stay in shape uh, during all this? Are your programs uh, giving you stuff to do? Uh, just kind of fill us in. Let us know what you're doing. Yeah, uh, for me, um uh, Iowa, we meet weekly over Zoom and have meetings uh, with all of our staff on there. And um, our strength coach kind of just talks about some stuff we can do at home with um, the equipment we have. And at the same time, that kind of just comes down to what all you have at your house. And lucky enough, I have some stuff that I can work with at my house. So I've just been lifting. Um, and I've actually I've been going to the cages at senior just outside to hit on my own as much as I can. But um we're not allowed to use the facilities, obviously, at Iowa or do anything. So they just try to find, um, just say, find whatever you can do and, you know, keep up to work. Yeah. Great. Uh, same thing with Sam. I'm for, uh, I'm fortunate enough to have a good amount of weight here, uh, up to 70-pound dumbbells. So I'm able to do all that type of stuff. And uh, Connor White, who I've been working out with for about the past two and a half years, put together a five-day-a-week program for me to do. And then uh, – Every day I've been going to hit with my dad out at the cages in Farley for about an hour, hour and a half. So I'm lucky I'm lucky enough to have him to throw me some decent BP and uh just teach me with uh just teach me what he's been teaching me since I was I don't know, like four years old. So uh yeah, that's what I've been doing. Just staying in shape, uh running a lot, uh lifting, hitting. Jacob? Um, I think one of the things that I've kind of used during all this is kind of maybe address uh, areas of the game that I kind of maybe have either not addressed enough or now it's really allowing me to devote my time. And I think one, most importantly, that's the mental aspect. But another one for me has been my flexibility. Um, the one, another plug I'll throw out there is if anyone is bored, they have a half an hour a day, go on YouTube, look up yoga with uh, Adrian. She does a 30-day series, works with your flexibility, because I'm telling you, you go through a yoga workout, and you're going to be sweating at the end. <laughs> that's, one, that's, one, that's one little thing I've just been doing, just not being able to lift weights lately. So, I mean, it's all the little stuff. That's, that's what I'm saying. She's not too bad to look at either. My daughter does yoga with her every day. <laughs> yep. Yep. That's cool. That's that's great, Greg. I actually uh, Connor White's. I actually uh, I was friends with him in high school. Him and I used to hang out quite a bit. And, and okay, all that yeah, stuff. So he's it's cool. Like you're working he's with awesome. him. I, it was uh, when I came back from uh, my first summer ball experience uh, freshman year when I was out in California. I was actually talking to Jacob about that, and uh, I was just looking for a trainer to work out with. And I was seeing all the guys I used to play actually travel baseball with that play college basketball at Iowa. Uh, Riley Till and Cordell Penzel, seeing them working out with him. And he's, I, I credit a lot of just the muscle and everything that I've put on in the past three years to him. He's been putting me through some really good workouts and he knows exactly what he's doing. That's awesome. That's great. And then I just have one last question. You know, um, I, I know that all of you guys were multi sport athletes in, in high school. And, and I'm just curious, you know, what sports did you guys play? Um, and, you know, do they help you with baseball? And, and in what way do they help you uh, with baseball? 
Uh, yeah, for me, the uh, the only other sport I played in high school was uh, basketball. And uh, ever since I was a little kid, I've, I've loved playing basketball. And um, I think the biggest thing that's helped me with baseball, especially at my position in high school, I was kind of middle infield. And so a basketball um, just really helped me to stay in shape and improve my quickness. Um, so that's been the biggest thing for me with basketball. Great. Great. Uh, for me, I played uh, basketball and then I ran track. Uh <laughs> Basketball helped me with that lateral quickness and just uh, mental toughness. And then uh, same thing with track. Track was a lot of mental toughness, uh, getting through the pain uh, during running workouts. And uh, it really helped me out with what I credit to be probably my fir- my first or second best uh, asset of my game, which is my speed. Just being an outfielder, run, uh, being able to run the ball, run balls down that a lot of people can't get to. And uh, causing havoc on the bases, which was a big thing at Iowa Western that our coach loved us doing, going first to third, and then right out of the box going, thinking double right away. So that's the thing that has helped me out a lot. Good. Jacob? Uh, For me, uh, I was lucky enough, since I'm a pitcher, that I picked a good sport, and that was golf. Uh, The biggest thing that helped me, I feel like the golf side is – just the mental side, uh, golf is a very, very mental game. It's a game of nine inches, so basically the, the inches in between your two ears. And so that's basically taught me to kind of, if I'm able to slow the game down in golf, I've been able to also do it in baseball and just kind of vice versa, stuff like that. Great. Awesome. That's all I got, Nick. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll let you take the reins here, and I'll be sure to talk over you here if I, if I have any more questions. So. All right. Thanks for uh, taking over for me when I got ejected from the game there. I appreciate it. That's what a good uh, bench coach does there. <laughs> Guys, what are, what are your baseball plans this summer? I know I follow Greg Bennett on Twitter. I believe it's at G-Rex, and I know last summer he played some professional baseball Um uh, was it in California? And I know this year, Greg, you are you signed with another league. I don't want to say signed because I believe it's a collegiate league. But Sam, what are your plans for baseball this summer? Yeah, I was originally uh, supposed to go to um, Fond du Lac uh, in the Northwoods League, um, but I had I had a temporary contract for the first thirty days, um, and with uh, the the college baseball season being canceled, um, pretty much everyone with temporary contracts. Um, they didn't have room for him anymore because everyone would have been there right away. Um, so I got a hold of my my coach at Iowa, and um, he told me to to bring anything up to him that that's that interested me. And I know Gregory is going to play um, with uh, the DuPage Pistol Shrimp uh, in the Prospect League, and so uh, I'll be joining him in the summer and playing with him. Are you guys that. Are you guys playing on the same team then? Yep. Yeah. Very yeah. cool. Can. Nice. Uh, Give us that team name again so we can follow them on Twitter and see you guys lighting up yeah. the scoreboards. What was that, yeah. Sam? Uh, the DuPage Pistol Shrimp. DuPage Pistol Shrimp. Very good. I'm going to yeah. have to give them a follow so I can retweet yeah. all the great things you guys are doing. Greg, what did you do last year? And tell us what you're going to be doing this summer. Uh, last summer I played uh, in a little le- in a Midwest Collegiate League with uh, – a team actually in DePage, uh, DePage County Hounds. I played with them just for the month of June because I had a lot of stuff going on uh, in July. And uh, this summer I'm playing, like Sam said, we're playing with uh, DePage Pistol Shrimp in the Prospect League. 
Awesome. Well, uh, one thing, one thing I'd also like to add is I don't even know if we've talked about this, but Gregory and I are actually cousins. I don't know if you guys knew. <laughs> I, I, I had no, yes, I had I no idea. Nope. No, I didn't. Yeah, I don't mom, know why we didn't know this earlier, but. Gregory and I are cousins, so yeah, we'll be living with our, our other cousins hopefully in the summer actually and staying with each other. Uh, oh, jeez. I, I hope they up their food budget by about $200 a month. You guys are going to clean gonna have a lot of, lot of portillos down there in Chicago, Sam. I'm just telling you. Um, yeah. So where's where's that league based out of? Where where will you guys be playing? Uh, it's actually it's a lot of bu- it's a lot of busing. A lot of a lot of six to eight hour bus rides. Uh, there's a good amount of team. A lot of the teams are based out of Illinois, but then you got a couple. Uh, there's actually one in West Virginia. Um, there's a couple in Indiana. Uh, I know there's one down in Missouri. Two of my teammates, actually my roommates from uh, Middle Tennessee State, they're playing on a team down in Missouri. Um, I th- think there's two in Wisconsin, and then I think there's one in Ohio too. Yeah, there's one one in Ohio. Yeah. Yep. Very cool. I might have to pull a schedule in if I'm ever in the Chicagoland area this summer. Actually, I'm supposed to be there, uh, see a concert and see a Cubs game. I might have to check out a game, see how you guys are doing. Jacob, do you have any uh, summer baseball plans? Um, I'm just kind of, kind of waiting to see what's going to happen the next couple of weeks with kind of everything that's going on. Uh, otherwise, if I don't end up going to play summer ball uh, somewhere, I will probably be making a couple appearances not in the Eastern Iowa Hawkeye League this summer. Awesome. For Balltown, right? <laughs> we'll, see, we'll, we'll see on what team yet. I got, I got a couple offers on that. Uh, I'll, I'll talk to Joey and tell him to offer you a contract. So. Yeah. He wants to play for a winning team, though, right? Is, does, Spain, does Spain still uh, do something with Key West? The Key West Ramblers, yep. I'm sure he'll yeah, probably man. be reaching out to you to get you some innings there as well. That way, you can <laughs> I'm sure a, they will be too. Can keep a close eye on you. So, guys, what are your, what are your plans – after after college baseball, have any professional scouts reached out to you? Or I don't even know if they can legally do that. But um, any any chances that the three of you may get drafted? We might see you playing uh, minor league baseball or, or in the bigs here, Sam. Yeah, um, I have not been in talks with any professional teams, um, but obviously, I think it's everyone's dream to continue their baseball career as long as they can. So that's definitely something I'll be working for. Um, but yeah. How about you, Greg? Uh, being draft eligible right now, it's kind of, that's kind of, it's kind of like the recruiting process all over again, talking to teams, having them getting to know you. Opportunity is definitely there, but with all the rumors going around about the draft, with it only being five to 10 rounds, I think that extra year eligibility will uh, help out a lot. Just still, still being considered a junior would uh will help out a lot i think next year now jacob this was your year to really kind of put you on the map so what what are your plans after college baseball do you think yeah so uh obviously yeah this was with the draft being shortened shortened to five five rounds this year it really throws a wrench in my plans and that's that's the biggest reason i'm very blessed to be able to get another year to do this and i let i let coach spain uh handle all the scouts and stuff like that and just just going about and just trying to do do what I can on my front and letting everything else happen and hopefully everything pans out and all three of us hear our names in the upcoming drafts in the next three to four years. Nice. Now, one of my favorite TV shows is a TV show called Playing for Peanuts. I've talked about it a couple times on the show. You can watch it on YouTube. 
I've actually become friends with uh, the director, John Fitzgerald. Now, if you guys don't get your name called in the draft, there are independent leagues around the country that are not affiliated with Major League Baseball, but they often do send scouts to those games to watch those players. Now, would you guys be opposed to playing uh, independent baseball if uh, your name didn't get called in the draft, Sam? Um, I definitely would not be opposed to it, no. Um, especially with me being a freshman and not being draft eligible till junior, my junior year. Um, I have a lot of time to kind of just think, think things through and just continue to work hard. So, How about you, Greg? Uh, yeah, that'd definitely be an option. Uh, I mean, that'd be, that'd be ideal just because how much I love baseball and wouldn't really want to hang it up quite yet after four years. But then also have to th- I also have to think about life after baseball, uh, especially being a uh, double major right now, having the opportunity to go into two different uh, academic fields helps out a lot. So, I mean, if the, op- if the option's there, that'd be awesome. But if not, uh, life after baseball is always in the back of my mind as well. Jacob, how about you? Would you keep independent ball open as an option? Yeah, that is definitely something that I've already discussed and kind of kind of had in the works in case I didn't hear in case this was my senior year and I didn't hear my name in the summer that I would hopefully go play for either a team in the American Association or the Frontier League and hopefully catch on that way but I'm I'm very blessed right now to uh, actually work uh, for a company that is going to allow me to pursue my baseball dream while working so uh, I uh, currently work for Lane Madsen State Farm down in Dubuque so if anyone's ever in the business needing some insurance, come see us. 563-582-6942. We'd this love is to help free save you some money. City, tell him, tell him he can reach city. out to me too if he wants a sponsorship on the show here. Now, guys, you are student athletes. So last question before we get into our Around the Horn segment of the show. But what are your majors? Sam Link, what are you majoring in? What are you studying? I'm a business major right now. Um, I'm not exactly sure what kind of field I want to go into, but um, I think business is broad enough for me, and it's something that's always kind of interests me. So, Greg, you just said you were a double major. Uh, what are, two majors are you studying? Oh, I'm majoring in exercise science and uh, psychology. Very, very cool. I can tell over the Zoom interview you had to do something. You guys can't see this when you're listening to it, but Greg Bennett's muscles are just popping right out, right out of his box here. Jacob, the podcast I'm, just doesn't do it justice. Yeah, Jacob, I'm guessing you're something with business through Clark. Yeah, I'm a double major in uh, finance and sport management, actually. Sam, women's studies didn't uh, wasn't on your radar at Iowa. <laughs> Uh, that's, that's my backup plan. That's oh. your backup plan. That's nice. Yeah. All right. Guys listening to this, younger players listening to this, you got some great advice from three prep stars in the area, three different routes that they took to get to college baseball. We're going to enter our second to last segment of the show, which is Around the Horn, where we will ask our guests, Five random baseball questions to get to know a little bit more about them. Hey, is this heaven? No. It's the Around the Horn section of the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. Five random questions that the guest 
were not prepped for. The Around the Horn section is finally here, so we have five rapid-fire baseball questions to get to know our guest, Sam Link, Greg Bennett, and Jacob Kerman, on a little bit more of a personal level. First question, advice you still use today that you got from your high school head coach. So Sam, you had two of them, Coach Tim Felderman and Coach Andrew Reese. Yeah, I mean, just advice. Um, I've kind of talked about this in previously, but just work hard is one of them, um, as cliche as that sounds. And then just and just stay true to yourself um, at all times and through all of your ups and downs and any obstacles that you may go through is just stay true to yourself. Greg, advice you still use today that Coach Casey Bryant gave you? Uh, always play with a chip on your shoulder because you never know. Who else, who else is out there working as hard or maybe harder than you? So always working harder than the guy next to you and playing with that chip on your shoulder every single day, even in practice. Great. Jacob Kerman, what advice that Coach Tim Felderman gave you do you still use today? Uh, I would think the biggest thing he ingrained in my head was uh, throw strikes. <laughs> uh, if, he, if you weren't throwing strikes – and Coach Soy can vouch for me. He would let you know. Yeah, <laughs> I remember. Uh, I remember my senior or my junior year. It was, um, man, I couldn't hit the broadside of a barn if I wanted to. And uh, Felby came out to me on the mound to pull me, and he said, "We need you to throw strikes." And then he just hand, put his hand out for me to put the baseball in. It was like the loneliest walk back to the <laughs> to the dugout I think I've ever had. Yep. And I made sure that that would never happen again because yep. it was it sucked. <laughs> I can't, I can't wait to get Coach Felderman's response because he does listen to the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. We're going to take two trips down memory lane here, guys. Question two. What is your favorite high school baseball memory? Sam Link, University of Iowa. Um, this, this might be a weird answer, but I would probably just say all of the injuries that I had throughout high school. Um, just because it taught so many uh, life lessons and it just gave me so many reminders. Um, and that's throughout my injuries, I've been able to find my why and why I want to keep playing. Cause once you lose that um, you start to ask a lot of questions. And so as weird as that answer sounds, I, probably my injuries that if that I've had to overcome. Definitely shape the person and the player you are today. Greg Bennett, middle Tennessee state favorite high school baseball memory uh i think this one has to be from uh my sophomore year facing tj sycamore from dewitt who actually ended up going second round to the yankees mm. uh didn't really know who he was at the time just i remember casey telling us the numbers he was putting up and they were just they were absolutely ridiculous numbers and uh i was hitting two hole and i ended up going five for five with uh two homers off him and then Ended up getting the save in the game. So that was, I think that was probably my favorite memory uh, oh, for sure. Outstanding. Yeah. I just read an article about him in the Des Moines Register with everything that's going on. Jacob Kerman, favorite memory baseball from senior? Um, I think this one actually has to be on my senior year. I was lucky enough to get to throw in an inner city game against Waller on my 18th birthday. Uh, I was able to beat Waller 3 nothing and have 13 strikeouts, which was actually my high school number two. So 
it was a pretty cool 18th birthday, I'll tell you that. Very cool. Sounds like a good present. I'm sure uh, Coach Tischer gifted you a lineup of nothing but lefties to get those 13 <laughs> strikeouts too. All right, back to memory lane again. Question three, favorite college baseball memory. Sam Link? Um, yeah, obviously I haven't had much time at the college level, um, but I would say just getting my first start my freshman year, um, I kind of talked about it, uh, just how it's so rewarding to finally see all of your hard work pay off, and it was just, it was just a special moment for me. So, Greg Bennett, favorite college memory, baseball? Uh, I think these two are tied for the top. Uh, my sophomore year, getting to play in a national championship, uh, at Iowa Western out in Grand Junction, and then uh, also getting named an all-tournament team out there very, as well. Very cool. Congratulations. Jacob, favorite college baseball memory? Um, Probably have to be my my sophomore year here at Clark. Uh, it was – I was a, I came in for the last out of the conference championship to win ever, the first ever conference title of Clark history, so that was probably the coolest one by far. Awesome. That was such a huge honor for that program, too. Guys, I don't know if they do this in college baseball or not, but question four, do you have a walk-up song? For Jacob, it will be your entrance song. If you don't have a walk-up song, what would it be? Sam Link of Iowa. Uh, yeah, I did have a walk-up song. I never got to listen to it, um, but it was uh, by DaBaby, uh, who's a, a rapper, an artist, so... Um, the song was called Bop. I'm going to have so, to check it out. I, I've never very, heard of it. Very debate. popular song on uh, TikTok. Kids. The clean yeah. version, TikTok obviously. The clean, the clean version. yes. All right. Greg Bennett, <laughs> what was your walk-up song? Or if they didn't do it, what would it be? Uh, my walk-up song actually was by Kodak Black, Off the Land. Never, never, never heard of Kodak Black. And, uh, it's a very good song. It starts at 13 seconds. And then play it out. Jacob <laughs> Kerman, you don't have an entrance. Uh, you don't have a walk-up song because you don't bat, but what was your entrance song? Or if you could pick an entrance song, what would it be? I think this has to go to tribute to my my favorite pitcher. It's my number one song, and that's Hell's Bells. Very cool. I remember that. Never last, changed, huh? Last question, gentlemen, of the Around the Horn section. Sam... Who was the toughest area pitcher that you faced while at senior? Uh, area pitcher. Um, I faced a lot of good ones. Uh, Savory um, for Wallert was really good. Um, Connor Crable was awesome for Hempstead. Um, those are a couple of guys that come to my mind right away that were really good. Greg Bennett, how about you? Toughest area pitcher you face while at Western Dubuque? Uh, I got to stay with a kid that I was that I've been facing ever since uh, coach pitch ended, and that's got to be uh, my boy Jackson Bennett out of Beckman, mm -hmm. who's actually going to Michigan State next year. He is, and I'm showing the guys right now over Zoom. I am wearing my Michigan State basketball <laughs> hoodie right now, and he was he was a great one. I'd love to get him on the show as well. Jacob, same question but tied turned. Who was the most difficult hitter you faced while throwing at senior? And please keep it to the area. When I, you know, when I think of hitters that really gave me a tough time, um. It had to be, uh, and he was he was listed on your nominations today, and that's Judd White out of Waller. Mm. 
he was a lefty, but ever me and him growing up, he just had he just had something against me. It's like he knew what was coming in inner city. He was one of the guys that, lo and behold, got a hit that that 18th birthday. One of the only guys. And Judd White, great baseball player. The episode of the All Area All Decade team will probably be out before I push this one out, but we'll be curious to see if he makes it. Now, it's not Jacob Kerman entering the game to Hell's Bells to get to our closing time situation, but we're going to cue Mariano Rivera's enter Sandman, second best closer in Major League Baseball, behind Dennis Eckersley. So stay tuned and join us for closing time. We know when we hear Mariano Rivera's music in the background, the podcast is coming to an end, just like the game did when he entered. Stick around for closing time. It's that time... The time where the podcast is going to come to an end. It's become a tradition here at the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast that every single guest gets a minute or so during our closing segment. And I also give them a cheesy name of their segment leading into what they're going to talk about. So, Sam, we are going to hit lasers with link during your session here. Sam, what do you want to talk about during closing time? Yeah, uh, I just want to kind of talk um, mainly towards the younger listeners or any athletes or really anyone out there. Um, Just kind of something my dad always told me. Uh, I know he'll be listening to this, so shout out, Dad. Love you and my mom. Um, But my dad would always tell me uh, attitude and effort. Um, There's so many things that you just can't control in life. And those are two that you can always control. Um, You can always control your attitude and how hard you want to work. And that's not just sports or baseball, but anything in life. Um, Any situation you come across is you can always control those two things. And I think that's just something that uh, he told me when I was super little and he still tells me pretty much every single day. And um, I think that's kind of why who I am today is those two things. So just a piece of advice for anyone listening. Sam, thanks for shooting that laser to the gap there for us. We appreciate it. And, you know, I I can tell you, knowing you since seventh grade and, I mean, holy cow, you, one of my favorite kids I ever coached, and it was a month-long season in seventh grade basketball. Usually those those, uh, kids don't stand out too much, but um, uh, your dad and your mom did a great job raising you. You're a great young man. Thanks for being on the show. Yeah, I appreciate it. Now we go to Greg Bennett, and we're going to have a bat flip with Bennett here. So, Greg, go ahead and take your minute or so to talk to the listening audience. Uh, piece of advice I'd, get, I'd like to give is uh, just always put in that hard work. Uh, there's always people out there that are doing the same thing, but what makes you different than the person competing for the same spot as you? Uh, that's something my dad always told me, hard work and dedication. Uh, getting into the weight room, getting strong. Uh, he's been he's been by my side since this recruiting process started. Uh, shout out Mike Bennett. He uh, he he's helped me out a lot. He's put in he's put in as much work as I've had to get to where I'm at. And my mom's also been by my side too. Shout out Julie. Uh, they'll both be listening to this for sure. 
yeah, they've been they've been by my side. They've both pushed me equally to get to where I'm at right now. And I'm hoping all the people, all the kids that are listening out there, that your parents are the same way. That'll put in the work to help you out to get to where you want to be. Greg, that was a great bat flip right there. Uh, great advice there. And, and I will give a shout out to your dad as well. He's definitely a Hall of Famer of the show. He's uh, always responding on Facebook, Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. Your mom has retweeted me a couple times at Coach Manaman, so thanks for doing that. Which brings us to our last guest, Jacob Kerman from Clark University. And we're going to K the side with Kerman. Little stuff that I just want to tell everyone is uh, uh, this is goes for little kids, the high schoolers, to anyone. Um, no matter no matter who's watching, no matter what's going on, just keep going. Uh, not a lot of people know this about me, but uh, I only got to play two years of varsity, and so I just want all those high schoolers that are wondering why am I not getting the call up? Why am I not moving up levels like my friends are? Stay with the process. It all comes at within your time. You're going to learn what you're going to learn. And it doesn't matter when you learn it, as long as you learn it by the time you graduate. And then you can get to that time and then you can move on to college and have a successful career as I was able to do. And like me and my dad always said, it not, it's not it is what it is. It is what you make it. Very great advice. And uh, your dad, Jay Kerman, great guy, Hall of Famer of the show as well. And I would like to thank these three guys again for joining us. I've known Sam since he's been in seventh grade. I've known Jacob since I taught him swim lessons, four years old at Flora Pool. And I, I knew Greg from the time that I was at Western Dubuque, impressed with how well these, uh, how well spoken these three young men are. So thanks for being on the show. Appreciate it. We're going to turn it over to our co-host, from Phoenix, Arizona, and he's going to give his tip for the day. We're going to sit down with Soigling. Yeah, I just I just want to kind of piggyback off of Nick. You know, um, it was great talking to you guys, and, and thanks for being on, on the show with us. And, uh, Greg, it was nice to, to meet you and, and finally put a face to the name. And Jacob and Sam, you guys know I love you, and it's uh, really good to see you guys. It's been uh, way too long. So thanks for joining us and, and being so excited about doing this with us. Um, for my sit down today, um, I just kind of want to highlight some of these things that these guys said. Um, you know, Sam always talks about remembering the why. Um, I think that was one of the, the coolest things I've heard in a long time, especially coming from a young player is remember why you're, you're there and, and why you're trying to do something. And, uh, when you remember that, why it goes a long way. Um, something that Greg, uh, kept pointing out was, you know, just getting 1% better every day and just how hard work. Uh, goes a long way and a lot of times we try to make recipes for success a lot more complicated than they need to be and hearing something uh, along the lines of just working hard uh, working your ass off is what Sam would say um, you know it it does go a long ways and um, it can be that simple it really can and then just kind of what Jacob said there is is trust the process um, you know it, like like you said it doesn't matter when you learn it. It's, it's just as long as you do learn it. And when you do learn those things and you trust the process of, of yourself, because everyone learns and, and, is, and has different abilities at different times. And when you trust that process and, and know that these things are going to happen, it's just going to take some time. You get to see the fruits of your labor down the road. Uh, Jacob, you're seeing it 
uh, right now. All three of you guys are seeing it right now. And um, being a sponge and listening to what these three guys had to share today um, is going to be beneficial to all these these young players and, and anyone who's listening to this podcast. So um, really listen to this and, and, and take what they said to heart because I, they had a lot of great things to say. And um, I know I learned a lot coming out of this uh, podcast. So that's my sit down. Coach Soigling, it was great sitting down with you, and I must say that I was impressed. I saw you looking at a piece of paper, meaning that you were taking notes during this podcast. I I appreciate it. People assume that Coach Soigling and I and my other guest hosts, we get on and we just wing it. We, we don't. We put in a lot of time. We put in a lot of effort, and um, I'm glad that you're enjoying it because we've actually have enjoyed doing it. Now, the minute with Manaman, these three gentlemen today have talked about accountability. I teach reading and I teach writing, and we often talk about theme. Yeah, the name of this episode is what these guys did, their pathway to college, but the underlining theme of this episode would be accountability. There is a saying, I'm going to say the PG version of it, excuses and earlobes. Everybody has them. Ask your dad. I took out the a word and replaced earlobes with that word. And what that means is everybody has an excuse and everybody has earlobes. But what you need to do is you need to hold yourself accountable. We don't care if you make an error. Get your head up. Hustle after the ball. Pick up your pitcher, get the next one. We don't care if you strike out. Pick your head up. Do not walk back to the dugout with your head down expecting feel, ex- expecting people to feel sorry for you. We don't feel sorry for you. Okay? Pick your head up after that air. Hustle after that baseball and make the next play. Pick your head up after that strikeout. Say something positive to the on-deck hitter and give him maybe a tip uh, so he doesn't have the same fate that you did. I can tell you as a coach, there were certain players that I had, if they made an error and they put their head down, I knew they had checked out of the game. I would sub for them immediately. If I had a player strike out and put his head down, I knew he had checked out of the game and I would substitute for him immediately. Excuses and earlobes, everybody has them. Hold accountability to yourself, hold yourself accountable, and learn from those mistakes. Nobody feels sorry for you. And just like that, 643, we're out of here. Post game show is brought to you by Christ, I can't find it. The hell with it. Thank you for listening to the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. You can find us on social media, Facebook and Instagram by searching Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. And you can follow me on Twitter at Coach Manaman. Go to Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star review, find us on Spotify, and subscribe.